Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to The Truth Response. We hope you enjoy. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. We are so excited that you have joined us today. Today, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about John testifying about Jesus, as we're going to pick up a little bit from where we were there. We also have some discussion in line about Jeff's Chinese food truck. Should we try it or not? I don't know. That just seems like that might be a, a questionable endeavor. Regardless, When welcome. I think Chinese, <laughs> I think Jeff's Chinese. Exactly, exactly. Where else would you go? So... Regardless, welcome to the prayer room. We're really excited that you've joined us. Let's get this thing rolling. All right. We're going to talk about some John chapter 1 this John week. chapter 1. Ooh, Mixing it I up, guess. talking about John chapter 1. Okay. But we're on, to, we're on to, to verse 29, and this is going to be a little bit blistering here because we've got, what, another four verses that I think we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, my. 34. Yeah. It's going to be great. So we're going to read it? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think we should read it. Designated reader? <laughs> just, like, just like a designated driver. <laughs> We're all right. too drunk to read. Wait, should I say that? <laughs> drunk on the spirit. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I met when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy spirit. I have seen him and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Nice. Lamb. Now can you read that again in your best Korean drama voice? <laughs> no, I no? cannot. <laughs> She means she will not. She she will not. <laughs> How do you say Lamb of God in Korean? I have no clue. Okay. Do you have a Korean Bible? No, not, not yet. yet. I listened mm. to Korean worship I songs, knew the though. Yet was coming. Oh. <laughs> When's your birthday? <laughs> July. <laughs> We're spending a lot of money on her birthday this year, taking a trip to, to, to KCON yeah. in, in California. So If it's still happening. In July? I think you'll be all right in July. Oh, no, it's in August. It's but in it's August. in California, August. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in California. It's in California, so. Yeah. California, California should, should really permanently be shut down. Sorry for anybody in California yeah, listening right. to this. My, my parents right. are in California. Yeah. I think I think when he Trump gets to the California state line, his, his wall is going to make a hard right and go straight up to Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not sure that would be a bad thing, but hey, what, what are we you know? We're just testifying about the truth because this is the right. truth response. So. Did you guys ever see that 80s movie, The Escape from L.A.? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. That Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Snake. Such yeah. a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. It's a B classic, man. Yeah. Yes. Classic B yeah. for sure. Snake <laughs> So back to our. <laughs> oh, wait. Are we talking about something else? We're talking about Bible Jesus. Stuff. Well, I, I think it's interesting right right away you see Lamb of God. And, and that really sparked a little bit of discussion before we even kicked all this thing off. Um, because there's a there's a heavy metal band called Lamb of God. Don't and, listen. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to preface all of this by saying Lamb of God is not a Christian rock band. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do not Google them if you think you're getting some good Christian metal. Yeah. That is not 
what you're going to get. No, no, no definitely not the, the avenue to go. Um, right. So then we had to give a rundown. Jeff, you you are a, a you know heavy metal Christian heavy metal music connoisseur. Um, who, Correct. Who who is your your go to when you need a little bit of Christian heavy metal? Oh man, I'm dialing up some uh, Demon Hunter really fast. Okay. Uh, Project vocals, 86. Man, his vocals yeah. are I like incredible. Project 86, Memphis Mayfire. Uh, I, I actually do. I'm gonna you know I'm, this may I may lose some street cred with this, but I actually do like Skillet. And red, red's I good. I love both yeah. of those bands. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like them both. I wouldn't I, call them like know. heavy metal screamo though. Neither one. No, of them. no red no, maybe closer, not. but I, red red can sometimes get a little bit on the edge there. But but they're not no, like I think for me, today or something. I, I, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna make me pick one, it's Demon Hunter. That's yeah, solid. I, love I can Demon get behind Hunter. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. So so there you have it. Don't Google Lamb of God, um, Demon right. Hunter. That is. <laughs> a little more appropriate, so uh, you, you you can walk away knowing from this podcast that you you learn something. That, I feel like that's, Demon Hunter is more like a D and D class. Demon in the name of the Christian band, <laughs> yeah, and you've got Lamb of God in the name of the non-Christian band. Yeah. It's kind of ironic. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know the funny thing about Demon Hunter, I like Demon Hunter, but their their image has or I've always had that like that skull with the horns, like yeah. a demon, like a demon skull. With a bullet hole in its forehead. Yep. And I always been like, well, that's kind of cool, except you can't shoot a demon. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a metaphorical thing. Like the whole series of uh, Supernatural, yeah. you know, <laughs> where yeah. they're just shooting, they're shooting demons with like rock salt and stuff. And, you know, okay, well, that's, that's fun, but uh, we know that. It, there's a little more power behind it than yeah than but that. you can't shoot a vampire with a silver bullet yeah that that no, everyone no, you knows can't. a silver bullet will Wait. not do anything to a vampire silver, silver stake through the heart bullet is is werewolf, or werewolf. <laughs> silver <laughs> stake through the heart, the heart is yeah. a vampire yeah, yeah it depends yeah. on your yeah, mythology you can't shoot a werewolf with a yeah that's <laughs> can, why that's why I, I keep silver bullets just for werewolves werewolves that's right yeah you never yeah. know when you might run into one. Right. So, Nick, get us back on track here. <laughs> Lamp, Lamp not of God. a chance. Not a Christian rock band, <laughs> but uh, but we've got John. He sees Jesus coming toward him, and, and this here's his proclamation, right? Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, that's a that's a pretty bold proclamation that John is making in this moment mm-hmm. about about this guy he's he's looking at here, Jesus. Um, this is one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So we talked a little bit about that whole after me, before me thing last time, right? Was it last time or yeah. two times ago? Yeah. So we yeah. talked a little bit about that. And and so we're starting to see some, some culmination of what that is. And, and John, John maybe illuminates that a little bit more in, in this moment, but the lamb of God, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of meat in there, you know, pun, pun intended. Um, yeah, right. There's a lot of meat on on this Lamb of God concept uh, that we're talking about, and and when you when you really start to look at the different aspects of Scripture, and when you look at the Old Testament, and when you look at the New Testament, and you, when you look at everybody's favorite book, which is Revelation, right? Um, yeah. What does it really mean? Who knows? Um, so you see this theme of the Lamb, right? Some guy who wrote this mm-hmm. house. Yeah. That's right. So Revelation written by John as well, the same John that authored this book, 
Um, and he uses this this image, this imagery here. He's John the Baptist is saying Lamb of God. Um, you see Lamb in Revelation. And we're also meant to go yeah. all the way back to Isaiah, though, as well. Yeah. So Actually, I think even before, all the way to Leviticus. Oh, sure. But yeah, you're, sure. you're correct. Yeah, I mean, prophetically to Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. But the Lamb narrative of Scripture for, and there, it, it's an interesting expression to use, the Lamb of God. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, what does that really mean? Right. And so we have to transport ourselves back to uh, the desert with in the first century to understand or to get an idea why Jesus would use this expression, Lamb of God. And it, and it relates first to the sacrificial law, yep. uh, which uh, the lamb was used for sacrifice. Yep. And the requirement for the lamb was that it be perfect, without spot or blemish, and and that uh, it, you know then it was a worthy sacrifice to God. And so the lamb, you couldn't bring three-legged lambs, you couldn't bring blind lambs, or you know mangy ones or whatever. They had to be perfect. So what God was wanting to teach His people, the Israelites, is that only your best is good enough. Yep. Like you don't bring me your garbage. Yep. I want the best of your, of your flock. Yep. And, and it has to be perfect. And why, why does it have to be the best? Because the, it's hard. If, look, if I've got 50 lambs out in the field and I got to give one to Nick, I'm going to find the one that's, you know, you know, it's got poop crusted on its rear end. And, here you can have this one, Nick, yep. but that represents the heart. God says, I want your heart yep. for me to go out to my field and pull my, my very best lamb, especially for a modern, for an ancient Near East shepherd. This is, this is valuable language. This is money. Yep. Yeah. This is, I want your first earnings, your first dollars yep. of your fruit of, of your labor. That's a great point. And so yeah. he's saying, basically, the lamb has to be perfect because I want your heart to be right. Yep. A right heart gives a perfect lamb. Yep. And, a, and sacrificing uh, our trash doesn't cost us anything. Exactly. You know, it's like when you we, go through your closet and you pull out clothes that you don't want anymore and you would throw them away. Nah, I think I'll take them to, you know, to Goodwill or to Kiwanis and, you know, it, it doesn't cost us anything. We're giving it to us so, so maybe they can benefit from it, but that we can't yep. really feel good about that, about that gift because it, we didn't sacrifice. Yep. God set the standard for the sacrifice. The sacrifice is to be a perfect spot, uh, uh, lamb without spot or blemish. When God established that as the standard, he established that standard for himself as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus was sent... He was sent as the Lamb of God. So now that's where we get to Isaiah. And we look at, we can see it in so many places, but Isaiah 53 is probably the most common. Wouldn't you say, Nick? Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, that's the the prophecy that you kind of have to have in mind in this moment. I think that's what John was thinking of when he included this in this gospel in 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 this statement uh john not you know john the author but also john the baptist he, he could have been very selective with the things that he chose to include but he he saw the value in, in what that is and um so john 
53... 7. 7, yep. Isaiah. Or Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 53-7. Yeah, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And then you have by oppression and judgment, uh, he was taken away. Yet who of this generation protested for... He cut off from the land, for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was punished. Uh, so, so you don't see, you see an innocence in, in this lamb aspect. You know, the, it's yeah. hard to compare God to a lamb because, you know, we're the lambs, we're the sheep. Lambs and sheep the, are dumb. They, Right. Well, yeah, yeah, but when right. but but when I use the word but when you use the word lamb, it invokes completely something different than if you say sheep. Like sure, sheep, you true. think dirty, gross, dumb. They'll do anything. They'll follow anyone. They'll you yeah. know they're in the habit of running away. Like that's like ooh, like uh. But when you think lamb, it's like oh, like it's so cute. It's so innocent. It's sure. so you mm-hmm. know pure. It's so whatever. Um, right. And that. I think that's an interesting image because it's it's the same animal, but uh, the comparison of just we're called over and over again in the Bible sheep because <laughs> yep. we're dumb yep. and stupid and don't follow and wander away and stuff like that. But yeah, and then the contrast of but the lamb, so it's like still in the same you know family whatever. So and yeah, it does conjure up a certain mental image, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, it just it definitely conjures up different mental images, and then. If you think about it, like lambs were like and sheep were a symbol of status back then. Like sure. if you were important, you had flocks and you had sheep and stuff. Yep. But who's the people that watch over the sheep? Yep, the shepherds. The shepherds, which shepherds. are not thought highly of at all. So it's a necessary part of like the, the just the whole imagery thing is is interesting it because is. these shepherds, you know, that were the first ones to see Jesus after he was born are guys that like nobody would want to be around these people. These people like they couldn't find any other jobs to do. Like this was the lowest of the low, like the young kids and stuff like that, that did this. And it's not a status job. And here, you know, talking about the lamb of God and you know that, and here's, you know, this is who he comes to. Yeah. Like first. Yeah. It's so God established the standard for the lamb being that it be perfect. And then required his people to live under that standard. And then when uh, that standard, which did not remove sin uh, on the whole, it it covered sin for one man for a moment, Mm -hmm. but not for all for all all time. God had to make that sacrifice. And so in Isaiah, we see that the whole chapter, Isaiah 53, is the stuff called the suffering servant. And we see is a picture of uh, the of Jesus, the Messiah. And that he would come, he would be innocent like a lamb. He would be sinless, blameless. He would be without spot or blemish in how he lived his life. And like the lamb of the Hebrews, he would be sacrificed. Yep. It's interesting to think when we get to John then, that John uses this expression, behold the lamb of God. Because Jesus up to Jesus was only with us 33 years. And if you think about that, the lamb has to be perfect. Everything that he did in his life was in preparation for the cross, for the yep. sacrifice. Yep. He was being that lamb for all those years leading up to Calvary. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, it's an incredible thought that, um, you know, everyone he healed, everyone he loved, everyone he forgave, uh, he forgave as that lamb without spot or blemish as that, that innocent lamb. Yeah. And, uh, but he went, when he went to the cross, what, what did he do in the garden of Gethsemane? He took the cup and he made this prayer. You guys remember the prayer? He says, take this bitter cup. Mm Yeah. He did not pray, take this cross. Right. Mm -hmm. What he asked was, Lord, is there any other way that I can make atonement for your people without becoming sin? Yep. His prayer was not to avoid death. His prayer was to not have to become sin. Right. God answered his prayer and said, son, there is no way. You must drink this cup. Yep. You must become sin. And so in the same way that Jesus drank the cup, the Hebrew or the uh, Israelite priests, when they took the, the lamb without spot or blemish, they would, they would do this thing they call lay hands on the lamb. Yep. What they would do is they would put their hands on the head of the lamb and push it down, press into the – it wasn't just touching the head like, like how we you know, pet our dog or whatever. Um, it was pressing down the weight of your body onto the head of this lamb. At times, some said it even drove the lamb into the ground, that it would like wrestling it down. That was supposed to represent the weight of sin and the transfer of sin from man into the animal. Yep. Jesus drank the cup. When he did that, the, the weight of sin was put on him. He became sin in that moment. Yeah. I mean, this is a thread that you can... We could talk about this in every one of its facets, you know, weekly for years, I'm sure. Mm. You know, it, it going all the way back to, you could probably go all the way back to even in Genesis. You know, I, I've read some some commentators that speculated what was the first animal that was sacrificed when mm. when sin entered into the world. And, and you know, it is pure speculation, but was it a lamb in that moment? And that's what God used to clothe the man and the woman. Um, it would certainly be congruent with, with all of Scripture if that sure. were the case. But sure. yeah, you're right. We can't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't know that for sure. Um, you see the Cain and Abel narrative where... You've got a farmer and you've got a shepherd and, you know, one brings the meat sacrifice, one brings the, 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 the fruit, the first fruits of, of the land and which one is, is, is more widely accepted. Uh, you have Abel's that is accepted, which is, which is the meat. Um, you know, so you see this thread that ties all throughout. And then when you look at, at this gospel and where we're at right now, you have this proclamation of the Lamb of God pulls us back to Isaiah 53. We read through Isaiah 53, which is the suffering servant, and then we we almost see this as a bookend because mm-hmm. at the end of John, what do you see happening? You see Isaiah 53 playing out mm-hmm. in real time. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. holy cow, this is exactly what's happening. It, it, in the interactions that Jesus has with, with Pontius Pilate, um, you know, where he's, he's almost demanding answers from Jesus, and Jesus is... He is silent before the shearers, right? Um, you read that in Isaiah 53, and he knows what has to happen, and he's he's willing to do that. Um, yeah. You could you could go back to Pentecost, or not Pentecost, um, to Passover, right? When when the Israelites are being led out of Egypt, what are they called to slaughter, and what what are they called to spread blood. over the blood their doorposts? The blood of the lamb. Blood of the lamb, right? To, yep. to so that 
so you get that metaphor of sin not entering into their dwelling place, and that is what happens. Lizzie, you mentioned the shepherds were were among the first that received the birth announcement of Jesus, and I've read some commentary on that as well, that in Bethlehem, it's likely those shepherds were watching over the flock that was meant for temple sacrifice. And they're being called to come and see the true lamb, the true sheep, that you know, the 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 one who will shepherd all people. And so it's so incredible this yeah. this thread that is yeah. is just woven all and throughout what was, scripture. What was King David before he was a king? He was a shepherd, yep. He was a shepherd. Yep. Yeah. And he is the father in the lineage, in the in the natural sense, the father of Jesus. Yep. And so it's interesting that a shepherd's throne would be would go on forever, but the one who would carry that throne on forever was not the physical son of David, but the spiritual, and that would be the lamb. Yep. So again, it's just, just that same theme. I want to just this theme. I, I love it because this line or this verse. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Look." Uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we looked at it in the rearview mirror, that being the Old Testament. Jesus is living this in the and so this was a, a, a prophetic fulfillment. It was a a, a a current announcement to the people sitting or standing in that place where where John says this. Yep. But it was also a future prophecy for John, right? Not for us, right? Yeah. And that future prophecy is in Revelation 5. And if, if I may just read yeah. uh, a couple of verses out of 5, and we don't need to linger on it, but it's just so, such a beautiful overall picture of Jesus. And it says, uh, we won't get into all the backstory, but Revelation 5, starting verse 6, says this, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, and the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God sent out to the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang this song, which I love, that says, worthy for you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Why was he worthy? I'm asking that question. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah. We've we he's worthy because you were slain. Yep. And with your blood you purchased for uh, for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And skipping down a few verses, it says this in verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And finally, in verse 13, it says to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever. Yep. And so here's the interesting thing. I want to, If I could bring this home, Jesus came as the innocent lamb. He lived flawlessly, blamelessly, and sinlessly, and he died a sinner's death. He took the weight of sin upon him and became a slain lamb, yep. purchasing for us, uh, uh, adopting us into the kingdom of God. That's how he came 
the first time. But he's coming again, and when he comes the second time, he will not be coming as an innocent lamb. He will be coming on a white horse with a tattoo on his leg that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's going to have a sword in his hand, and he will be coming back as a warrior. Yep. And, man, I, I can't wait to see that. Yep. Yeah, but that's a whole different topic. Let's get back right. to John. <laughs> yeah, well, and it and it's it's so significant that that title that is given to Jesus, right? Uh, the name has to match what's going on, right? So this takes us to Jeff's Chinese food truck, right? Are you going? I'm assuming this is a different Jeff, not me. Yeah, I mean Jeff is a great name, and Jeff is is definitely a facilitator of many incredible things but when you think about chinese food you don't think about the name jeff right that that's not <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind so it because it doesn't fit right right you're you want to go to first walk right you yeah. want to go to china king you want to go to china garden which we had for lunch today and it was delicious right <laughs> we, you're welcome we will completely skip over the chinese food truck that is jeff's chinese food because the name right. doesn't fit it doesn't make sense to do that. No matter how much, Jeff, you love Chinese food, you can't do it. No. I'm sorry. It doesn't fit. Right. Well, I think the whole thing's interesting because here's John the Baptist saying, like, all of Jesus' disciples, they didn't understand the sacrifice that he had to make. But here's John the Baptist. John gets it. Mm -hmm. He knows what's going to happen. Like, he calls him the Lamb of God. That's intentional. That's like this, here he comes, he's the Lamb of God foreshadowing that sacrifice that's going to come. They didn't think his disciples and nobody else was thinking of the sacrifice that's going on. But here is, you know, he's talking the, uh, the Lamb of God and he knows what's going to happen to him. I would argue because he's saying this specifically, like this is sacrifice and still people didn't believe. And still they were like, what are you talking about? You're going to sacrifice yourself. They were looking for a rescuer, someone who was going to be the warrior person to come to save them. And here is this completely different image that John is presenting to the people. Mm -hmm. um, some maybe for the first time. And you think of lamb and like, what better way to describe him coming as a baby? Like a lamb, there's nothing special, not, not nothing special, but there's nothing great about a baby. Like <laughs> Nick, is there anything great about a baby? <laughs> there's a lot of things great about a baby. I mean, the sleep thing is a little bit of a challenge, but, but what do they do? It's, it's weird because I can just stare at him and it's awesome. Because it's my child. Yes. No, I would stare at your child. That but would just be someone creepy. else's baby is not extraordinary. Yeah. I get what you're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. My baby's awesome. True. I don't care what you say. My, my baby is awesome. Too. Yeah. 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 That's but my baby. It's they were expecting somebody to rescue them, and here John like puts that dress. Like, no, this is a lamb. This yeah. is not the warrior way you're waiting for. Like, lamb. But he is a. It's fun. Okay, it's so so in in my Bible here, it has this little note, and it calls Jesus the Warrior Lamb. Mm. And I was like, that is so contradictory. That little <laughs> note that they make, Warrior Lamb. Yeah, like right. yeah, that doesn't make any Revelation. good sense at all. I think they're drawing in some of the revel. The yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, that's definitely where yeah. the footnote is. Is it's yeah. pointing you to Revelation? But I'm like, Warrior Lamb. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you said Revelation was everyone's favorite book, and I know it's a lot of people's favorite book. My favorite book is Genesis. And so yeah. I think back to Abraham, 
because Abraham, when he went to, uh, when he went up on the mountain with Isaac, he knew that God was calling him to sacrifice his son. But I think that he went up there in faith that God was either going to a bring him back to life Mm -hmm. or B intervene in some powerful way. Mm -hmm. And so when Isaac asks him, you know, daddy, where's the sacrifice? Where, you know, where is this? We didn't, we didn't bring this dad, you know, and just like my kids would do, Hey, hey, you forgot something, you know, um, and making all of my faults known and, and very public. We appreciate that <laughs> sons. Um, but when he, when he does that, Abraham says, God will provide the lamb. Mm-hmm. And I think Abraham was thinking of this specific situation and he wasn't thinking as big mm-hmm. as God intended that to be. And, um, and the rest of the story is God provided a lamb at that moment. He provided a ram uh, for that sacrifice so that Isaac did not have to be killed, so that Abraham did not have to go without his one and only son. Uh, I think that at that point, God showed up in Abraham's life in a way that he didn't expect. But he also, Abraham knew that God would provide the lamb. I don't think he had any idea how far reaching that statement would be and how prophetic that statement would be um, that mm-hmm. God still had promised that lamb to uh, to step in so that all of us didn't have to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just think that God shows up in ways that we don't expect. Like you're talking about John and how he's trying to get these people's minds wrapped around this idea. He's not coming to free us from Rome. He's not coming to, uh, to tear down the government, you know, and God still shows up in our lives today in ways we don't expect. Um, I mean, this, this, um, pandemic that we're in right now is, is, uh, you know, it's awful (laughs) in so many ways. It's awful, but God is still showing up in this in this culture in this moment right now, uh, and working through this uh, in such mm-hmm. a big way. I mean, the church broke Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. weeks. Like, yeah. I mean, that you can't point at a specific uh, at a specific phenomenon and say, "Oh, this is why this thing fell or whatever." It was, you know, the masses or whatever. But like, we did it because we all were like, "Hey, we're not going to not meet. We're not going to forsake assembling together. We're going to do it." with this, uh, with this, um, technology that we have available to us Mm -hmm. and God has shown up in a big way through all of this. And I mean, we could go on all day about specific examples in each of our lives where God shows up in ways that we don't expect. And I think Jesus is definitely, um, every time he shows up is in a way that people don't expect. And like you just described, Jeff, you know, him coming back on the, on the horse and him coming back, like in revelation one, man, that's just, man, that's crazy. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So why is all of this important? That's our first question. Nick, you want to drive that one home? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so when we, when we look at all of this and now we've just really taken the first section of, of what the section that we're looking at, um, you know, let's look at the, the second section here, too. It says, then John gave uh, gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Uh, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain uh, is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. 
I have seen and I will testify, this is God's chosen one. So, okay, we've got all of these things pointing to Jesus, right? You've got uh, you've got Lamb of God, right? We talked that one to the ground, right? We did a great job with that one. Uh, then you've got this, this, other, this other statement, this other act that happened. We don't read about the baptism of Jesus in this gospel. Uh, we read about the baptism of Jesus in the other gospels. So it seems like that is something that's kind of known, yeah. right? We know that Je- knowledge. Right. We we know that Jesus went to the Jordan. We know that he met John. We know that he said, Hey, yo, you gotta baptize me. And then there, John's like, No, no. And then Jesus is like, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we know that there was this event that occurred <laughs> where Jesus was baptized, and then you have this dove dove like, um, because this says dove doesn't necessarily mean it was a a literal dove. Like um, a dove. Yeah. <laughs> So you've got this dove that comes and rests on him. And then the really significant thing here is that it says it remains on him. All of scripture up to this point, you find the spirit intervening, right? You see mm. you see him coming upon all of these great witnesses in, uh, in, in the Old Testament. And yet you never see the spirit remain on anybody. True. Yeah. True. You see Good him thoughts. come, empower, and go. Come, empower, and go. All for a moment. But here you see yep. him remain. And and there's some significance when you get to this point, too, because, OK, so so who is the spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see that this is, you know, Jesus is God's chosen one. So you've got all this great stuff. Uh, and then that is all pointing directly to who Jesus is. But I think there's something very significant in here also in in what Jesus is leaving, because at the end of this, uh, we see the spirits coming to rest on him, but who does he say is coming back for you? It's the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Not only are you going to have this interaction right here with me for this brief moment, but you know what's better? What's better is that I go away and that I will send a helper. I will send an advocate for you that will not only be with you, but will be in you. That has not, like, that's not. That's not happening, right? That is not happening up to this moment in in Scripture where the Spirit is meant to come and remain in and with God's children. So you see all of this as a foreshadowing. Why is this important? It's important because this is Jesus. This is Jesus setting the stage for us today to recognize and to see that we're called we're called not not, not only as God's children from an image standpoint, but we are called truly as heirs of his kingdom and he is coming and and not just around us but in us the things that he is leading us to do is all for our good and for all for his glory uh, there there is there is significance and there is depth in all of these things that he challenges us to do and you know, we say things like conscience and, you know, that that small voice inside of us that's telling us right from wrong. And, you know, the, we got the little shoulder angel thing. And I think we talked about that at some point. Right. Um, yeah. You referred to it as the path of peace last week. Right. Right. And and what is that? But that is the spirit inside of us, which is the spirit of God, which is God. And if that is not something that should cause mm. us all to take a step back, that that regardless of what you believe, just think about that for one minute. Because even if you're not a Christian and and somebody says that, okay, they're 
there is a God, there is a creator. If this God is this powerful to create with a word and he comes and lives inside of you, what does that mean about you? What does that say about you? That there is something incredibly significant about you, Mm -hmm. right? So that has to cause some sort of reflection on your life or introspection of like, who am I that this creator not only wants to be with me, not only saved me from all of the wrong that I've ever done in life, but he lives inside of me and wants to lead me on on his path. Like, why is this important? That's why this is important, because this is this is us living out God, like God living out of us. And everyone has that opportunity through Jesus, not just a select few like in the Old Testament. Everyone has that opportunity through Jesus if they call on his name, if they confess, repent, and then we can argue if they're baptized as well, right? Yep. I think what you just referred to also, you know, kind of immediately reminded me of Psalm 8, when David asked the same question you just asked. In Psalm 8, verse 4, he says, what is man that you are mindful of him Mm. and human beings that you care for them? Yep. And then he answers his own question, and he says, but you have made them a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned them with glory and honor. Yep. And you've made them rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under their feet. The interesting thing about that is that it's a prophetic statement as yep. well. And so when we look at uh, this statement, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we are a little lower than the angels, and we're crowned with glory and honor. Why are we why are we crowned with glory and honor? God had to make that possible yep. by sending his son to fulfill this for us. Yep. Because we don't have glory and honor apart from Christ. Right. We have value and worth because we are made in the image of God. Yep. But we don't apart from Christ and everything that he's done in our lives, he's the one that imparts to us that glory and honor. Yep. And it's not earned any other way. That, right. That's a really that's a really hard thing to swallow, I think, for most of us, is that we live in a culture that tells us we can earn whatever we want. We work hard enough, we can achieve that goal. We do the right thing, we can get whatever it is we're striving for. But th- it, this is a non-negotiable. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even if you've sinned one time, you've broken the full the fullness of the law. Uh, and, and then Jesus tells us what a sin can even look like, right? Just a thought in the wrong direction is sin because it, it's removing holiness. And it's it's also looking at your brother or sister, spiritually speaking, um, who's also an image bearer and who also has or potentially has the spirit of God dwelling inside of them. And it's it's casting a curse upon them. And, and so... It's, it's devaluing this whole thing, and, and it's really marring what holiness is called and what righteousness is. So in all of that, there is this profound truth of worth and value and significance, and, and it's not earned. It's given, and it's freely given, so long as we're willing to accept it. Yep. And there is a process for accepting it, but it's not like one of those, like, Here's the fine print processes, right? Like when you buy a copier and seven years later, when you're ready to send your copier back, right? They tell you, oh, all of a sudden, because you tried to end your lease, um, 
you know, three days after the 60-day the window of sending your copier back, you have to pay for two additional months of that lease. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to charge you $500 to ship the copier back, which is about a 100 miles, not even 80 miles from where you live. Not that we've experienced this at all or anything. But <laughs> just a random story, right? Yeah, yeah just hypothetically random, speaking. Just, yeah, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> this, this, may, this may be happening to somebody somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was fine print attached to that agreement. There's no fine print attached to it. It, it is what it is. It's a free gift to receive through Jesus. He's already paid it. It's already marked paid in full. All you got to do is accept it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. That leads to the next question. Why is it relevant to us? I think it changes the way you look at yourself. If you see yourself as having the Holy Spirit, having part of God in you, because you think, I mean, I read a lot of fantasy. I read way too much. My husband will tell you. Um, but there's always, they're seeking something. They're looking for something. They're trying to gain power. They're trying to, like, all these things. They're trying to... Even I think of like the big fantasy theft with God, goddesses, you know, all those different things. And these people are blessed by these things from the gods because of something they've done. So mm-hmm. now that makes the, the image it brings to my mind is now I'm a hero and heroes have a standard that they have to live up to. Mm-hmm. Like of what's expected of you. Like that's a lot of expectation on you. So if I have a piece of God inside of me and every other person does, that changes a lot of the way that I do things and how I act and how, because there's nobody who I think just is like, no, I don't want to be the hero of my story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hero of the story. Like everybody wants to be a hero, yeah. like heroes, people we look up to and stuff. So it almost puts like a whole new connotation of the way that you look at yourself, or at least for me, that image of, of so God's inside of me. So yeah, that yeah. changes. <laughs> yeah. What, oh no, what, what have I done? <laughs> what's your standard at that point? And it elevates what that standard is. Mm-hmm. And and so what are we in the midst of right now with this whole quarantine, safer at home? I, I guess, you know, a lot of it's being lifted here in Florida. Some normalcy, if we can put air quotes around that, is happening right now. Um, but, you know, what we're being told to stay at home and what is what is our flesh what is our body telling us to do stay inside turn on netflix eat the whole bag of cheetos right <laughs> eat the whole box of cheez its eat mm. the whole bag of oreos right there, okay there we go now i got a head nod okay all right yeah so, oh, nick last night literally one o'clock in the morning i get up and i go up into the pantry and there's a box of cheetos <laughs> Yes. And, and, and you've got to drag my dirty laundry out right here. <laughs> yes. Like, why, why'd you have to go there, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, because this is the truth response, Jeff, and that's what we speak. <laughs> that's a little more truth than I can handle yeah. right now. So, you know, that, that is the relevancy part of this right now is we, we live in a culture and a society that tells us to, if it feels good, do it. Right. We serve a God that is really lives on the opposite side of that. Like, I'm going to take you to some of the most uncomfortable places you've ever imagined in life. And for some for, for two of you guys, you're living in it right now in, in South Florida. Florida. Right. So 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 you, you can feel that. Well, um, but, you know, I, I think about that and 
if our bodies are this, we did, we haven't used the word temple, but we can, right? If our bodies are this temple of the spirit, of the spirit of God that's living inside of them, we have to be caretakers of that temple as well. Mm-hmm. And that means we have to care for our bodies appropriately, right? We, mm-hmm. we need to put the right things in, whether it's mentally and emotionally and or physically, right? We've got to put the right things in in order to make sure what comes out is able to come out the way God so designed it to come out, right? We can be, we can hinder God's plan based on the way that we treat our bodies, I believe. Because how effective... Yeah, can we stop talking about Jesus now? Yeah, we'll stop talking, <laughs> talking about Jesus. So, so you know, that there's some, some relevancy in that as well. Like, we... Uh, we live in we live in that culture. We live in that society, and uh, we have to know when the time is to put the bag of, of Cheetos down. So you could say we got to know when to hold them <laughs> and know when to fold them, right? And then we need to know when to walk when away. To walk when, away. To walk when to walk away, away. exactly. When yeah. to fight. You know right, when to run. Who 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 would have ever thought that Kenny Rogers would be so so correct so <laughs> profound in in those words it, it's amazing that in this podcast we have went from lamb of god like <laughs> demonic death metal to kenny rogers like i'd say we're done here there's something for everyone pretty amazing <laughs> so the last question then is how should someone respond to this what do we do bible says that the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah. Jesus said that the cross is a stumbling block. And so here's here's how we have to we we have to respond by confronting Christ. We have to respond by confronting the cross. And Nick, I, I know you're a pastor, I am and and so one of the things I always say is if the truth of God has not impacted your life, I, I feel as if I have failed yep. in some way. Because here's the reality is that the cross and Christ is the epicenter of all humanity. Yep. And we can go through life and we can inoculate the pain and we can put salves on the wounds of our hearts in the form of any form of addiction or any form of character issues or just go down the list, right? We don't have to go down the list, but you all know what I'm talking about. We yeah. can we can literally medicate our souls through this life. Yep. That medication is called sin. But ultimately, you have an option to choose to to confront the cross now if and deal with the realities of of Christ and his claims that he is the Messiah, that he came and died for your sins. Choose wisely because that choice will be honored for an eternity. You don't get to make up your mind after death. And so we have to confront the cross. I think we have to uh, ask ourselves, who is Jesus? Is he who he said he is? Is he the Lamb of God? Did he truly come and take away the sins of the world? Or is he just a crazy man? Or is this just a book of lies? But the answers to those questions have eternal weight. And it's like I... I always, you know, we're all eternal beings. We're all eternal creatures. Every human, every man, woman, and child will live for eternity after death. Yep. The question is, what eternity will you live in? Yep. And so we have to confront these things. This is, 
you know, it all comes back to it pretty much all the scripture. It always comes back to Jesus. Yeah. It always comes back to the cross and in our lives today and in a coronavirus world, um, you know, though the headlines may be, you know, what Nancy Pelosi is saying about Donald Trump, uh, the, that may be the headlines on the Washington post, but the headlines on your heart should be, if I die, am I ready? Yeah. Am I going to meet my savior and have, and, and, and have my ticket to heaven, if you will. Yeah. Although, you know, I'm not one to sell tickets to heaven. I'm more, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I believe that when we make the decision to choose, uh, when we make the, de- the decision to follow Christ, the decision we make is one to suffer with Christ. Yeah. Pretty hard sell. Yeah. Uh, yep. I've heard far too many preachers preach this, this message that says, hey, once you become a Christian, that all your problems go away mm-hmm. and, and you're just happy and you're just kind of like uh, uh, stimpy. And Ren and Stimpy, you know, <laughs> just wow. happy, happy, joy, joy. There we, there we go. We, we <laughs> Holy but that is not what accepting Christ is, or that is not what the life of faith is. Mm-hmm. Every Christian I know is also dealing with coronavirus. Yep. But the difference is, is the peace of Christ resides in our hearts and we have no fear of death. So coronavirus is death. Lies are death. Adultery is death. Addictions are death. The body's death, the physical death is the ultimate and final death. The Christian has no fear of that death and they have the ability to conquer death before the physical death. You guys tracking with me that it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, addictions and, and 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 troubles, all these things, they all exist in the life of those who choose to follow Christ. But the difference is, is that we have in us a spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help us overcome those things. And here's the neat thing, man. I love this about God. God does not do character. God is not do behavior modification. God truly and absolutely transforms you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And so when you become a Christian and stop swearing, I hope that you've stopped swearing because your heart is repulsed by it, not because you think it's the right thing to do. Right. And so, you know, like I always tell people, get in your word, read the word, pray. And, you know, Pretty soon, one day, you will just know whether or not something is right or not. Yep. And I don't have to tell you if it's good or bad. Yep. You, your spirit will tell you. That's yeah. And John is calling the people to get ready. You know, pave the way for Jesus, and we we all need to be ready. Um, you know, and and this world is not going to last. It's all temporal. And uh, mm. to quote the wise theologian ferris bueller his life's moving pretty fast <laughs> and if you don't stop and look around once in a while you just might miss it yep. but there there is an end to all this and it's coming and just like john warned the people like hey get your life right you know um you need to find that relationship with god you need to find that and if you don't have that in your life i would encourage you to 
make a point, talk to somebody, reach out to us. We would love to be able to have a conversation with you about what that looks like. How can they reach out to us? Well, we've got uh, Facebook. We now have Instagram. We probably have a Twitter coming. Um, currently, we reside on the LACC, uh, Lehigh Acres Christian Church uh, Facebook page, but I think we're going to create our own truth response um, page. But we also have an email address you can email, and that is thetruthresponse at gmail.com. I have also posted these podcasts on the Belforest Christian Church website. That's belforestchristian.com. On our website, you'll see all of our contact information, email, phone number, all of that as well, um, <clears throat> and our Facebook page. So, uh, you know, if there is anyone out there that that is wrestling with this claim that John makes, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Man, don't hesitate. Any Whether Nick or anybody, uh, Nick, Derek, Derek or Lizzie or myself, any one of us would you know, we would love to talk to you. Yeah. And that goes for any question and not just, not just that question, yeah, but true. any yeah. questions that you guys have, we are more than welcome to, uh, or you're more than welcome to leave them. And we are excited to, to get to answer some of those questions too. Well, really happy that you decided to join us today. Um, great discussion today about John testifying about who Jesus is, lamb of God, the chosen one, um, he's giving us this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the cool thing is don't ever feel like you're too far away from him because all you've got to do is turn around and God will meet you right where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about what God is, is doing in our country and our culture and our world uh, through his incredible love story that he's given to us known as the Bible. Um, keep your heads in it. Keep studying. Keep praying. And, uh, and understand that you are the holy temple of God. He, he desires to live inside of you. And so just as John testified about Jesus, I, I pray that each and every one of us will have the courage to do the same and to recognize exactly who Jesus is. Not just some wise sage, not just some, uh, some, some ancient uh, wise leader, Uh, But he truly is the Lamb of God. He truly is the Son of Man. He truly is the Son of God. He truly is the Chosen One. Uh, He is the only begotten Son of God. And he lived, died, and rose again for for the weight of our sins. Come on. So thank you for joining us in the prayer room today. I look forward to chatting with you all real soon. God bless. Thank you for listening, and be sure to like us on iTunes, Spotify, and on our Facebook page at LACCFL, or Lehigh Acres Christian Church, and leave a comment about what you thought or would like to hear more of in the future. Shotskis.